Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Tuesday, February 25th, 2020, and we continue our critical review of the Bergolian exhortation Corita Amazonia. This time it's part three, covering the third of the four chapters, which is called An Ecological Dream. The very first sentence there, found in paragraph 41, hits it out of the park. Listen to this. Quote, In a cultural reality like the Amazon region, where there is such a close relationship between human beings and nature, daily existence is always cosmic, unquote. So you can see it's getting really deep now. Unfortunately, Francis doesn't really explain what he means by that. And then again, maybe it's better that way. A standard dictionary definition of cosmic, by the way, is the following, relating to the universe or cosmos, especially as distinct from the earth. And another one, inconceivably vast. Now, I'm not sure how either of these definitions sheds a tremendous amount of clarity on what Bergoglio is telling us here, but like I said, maybe it's better that way. Then in paragraph 42, Francis informs us that, quote, the forest is not a resource to be exploited. It is a being, or various beings, with which we have to relate, unquote. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of how St. Boniface related to the being of a particular tree held sacred by the German pagans back in the 8th century. Let's let the Catholic Encyclopedia speak on that. Quote, to show the heathens how utterly powerless were the gods in whom they placed their confidence, Boniface felled the oak sacred to the thunder god Thor at Geismar near Fritzlar. He had a chapel built out of the wood and dedicated it to the Prince of the Apostles. The heathens were astonished that no thunderbolt from the hand of Thor destroyed the offender, and many were converted." The fall of this oak marked the fall of heathenism, unquote. Now, we all know what would have happened if St. Boniface had done that in our day. Francis would have been the first one to denounce him for at least four things. Number one, for proselytism, and thereby disrespecting the human dignity of the heathens. Number two, for triumphalism, by which he declared the existence of a Catholic God and asserted the superiority of his own religion. Number three, for disturbing the natural harmony of the biome into which he had dared to intrude. And number four, for offending against human fraternity and contradicting the supposed fact that Differences in religion are necessary, and that God wills there to exist a diversity of religions, including the worship of the sacred oak as an expression of his divine wisdom. So, in our day, St. Boniface would have gotten a serious scolding from Francis. In fact, the Frankster would have accused St. Boniface of not being a Christian. That's where we're at, folks. That's how far removed the Novus Ordo religion is from Catholicism. The more you read about Catholicism before Vatican II, the more clearly you can see how essentially different 
the two religions are. But there's more in uh, paragraph 42 of Carita Amazonia that you don't want to miss. How about this? Quote, To abuse nature is to abuse our ancestors, our brothers and sisters, creation and the creator, and to mortgage the future. Unquote. You know, maybe we can just shift down a few gears here. This is just nonsense. No one is saying that it's okay to poison rivers or burn down people's cornfields, okay? That's clear. But to say that abusing nature, whatever that is actually supposed to include, to say that abusing nature is abusing our ancestors is just idiotic. Then in paragraph 44, Francis quotes a stanza from a poem written by a man named Pablo Neruda, who was, of course, a communist. Yeah, nothing to see there. It's pretty standard now for the Novus Ordo religion under Jorge Bergoglio. And not only was he a communist, though, but in a book that was published sometime after his death in 1973, he confesses to having violated a young woman in 1929 in India. So, yeah, just the kind of guy you'd want to quote in your papal encyclical, right? So, yeah, th that must have been one heck of a remarkable poem that Neruda wrote there, right? If uh, Francis sees fit to quote him despite having been a Stalinist and a confessed rapist. Here's the stanza that Francis includes from Neruda in his Corita Amazonia exhortation. Quote, Amazonas, capital of the syllables of water, father and patriarch, you are the hidden eternity of the processes of fertilization. Streams alight upon you like birds, unquote. It's just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. All right, let's uh, skip to paragraph 51 in the exhortation, which falls under the subheading of the cry of the Amazon region. Quote, to protect the Amazon region, it is good to combine ancestral wisdom with contemporary technical knowledge, always working for a sustainable management of the land, while also preserving the lifestyle and value systems of those who live there. Unquote. See, it's not just about letting the indigenous live in harmony with nature. The Frankster wants to also keep intact their so-called value systems. You know, the kind where women will breastfeed not only their babies, but also any weasel that might come along. Because, you know, everything is connected. Oh, that must be the same value system in which women who have borne more children than they think they can take care of bury them alive in order to give them back to the earth. Yeah, that's the kind of value system we want to be promoting in a papal encyclical. After all, anything else would be triumphalistically imposing a moral code which might offend their dignity. Then uh, let's go to paragraph 52, which uh, Francis ends with uh, the following words, quote, if God calls us to listen both to the cry of the poor and that of the earth, then for us, the cry of the Amazon region to the Creator is similar to the cry of God's people in Egypt. It is a cry of slavery and abandonment, pleading for freedom. 
unquote. Yeah, except that God isn't telling us to listen to the cry of the earth. That is an invention of Jorge Bergoglio for crying out loud. But hey, while we're on the topic, there are four sins that cry to heaven for vengeance, and one of them is particularly prevalent in the institution of which Francis is the head. It's funny how he never says much about that one, other than some idiotic, who am I to judge? In uh, paragraph 54, Francis complains about many plant and animal species becoming extinct due to human interference. Now, that struck me as odd, because the great majority of people in the church of Bergoglio believe in evolution. Now, according to that inane and ridiculous theory, all species essentially go back to some, oh, I don't know, primordial slime. So how then is extinction a problem? If they believe that everything basically comes from nothing or from almost nothing, then the worst case scenario is that you just have to wait a few billion years and boom, it's all back again. So what are they worried about? Moving on to paragraph 55. Now, let me warn you, it's not getting better. Quote, from the original peoples, we can learn to contemplate the Amazon region and not simply analyze it and thus appreciate this precious mystery that transcends us. We can love it, not simply use it, with the result that love can awaken a deep and sincere interest. Even more, we can feel intimately a part of it and not only defend it, then the Amazon region will once more become like a mother to us. For we do not look at the world from without, but from within, conscious of the bonds which, with which the Father has linked us to all beings, unquote. Yeah, we're now going to contemplate the Amazon instead of the holy mysteries of our faith. Maybe Francis will soon compose prayers to Mother Amazon, instead of the mother of God, to Mother Earth instead of our mother of perpetual help. We already saw a preview of that last October in the Vatican with all the Pachamama stuff, right? Folks, keep in mind that most people in the world believe that this junk is being promulgated by the Pope of the Catholic Church, the Roman Pontiff, the Vicar of Christ. What we just heard here contains the undertones of a materialistic monism that basically makes all of creation be one. And now all Bergoglio needs to do is say that God is himself part of this creation, and you have pantheism. The idea that God is everything and everything is God, that we're all part of the big, great, divine absolute. And in fact... Look at what he says next in paragraph 56, quote, If we enter into communion with the forest, our voices will easily blend with its own and become a prayer, unquote. Hello? Communion with the forest? Has this blathering fool lost his marbles? But let's not get too upset because there is always paragraph 57, and that one takes the cake. 
Talking about the creatures of the Amazon, Francis says, quote, For Christians, Jesus himself cries out to us from their midst, because the risen one is mysteriously holding them to himself and directing them towards fullness as their end. The very flowers of the field and the birds which his human eyes contemplated and admired are now imbued with his radiant presence, unquote. And there we have it. Francis has now added God into the mix, asserting that God is somehow mysteriously part of his creation, and that gives us pantheism, masterful. Now, of course, Francis leaves a little bit of wiggle room just enough so that Jimmy A can, can get him off the hook with 15 things to know and share, but anyone who's paying attention can see the pantheist writing on the wall. Now, there's one final sentence in paragraph 57 that gives a kind of climax to it all. The Frankster writes, quote, For all these reasons, we believers encounter in the Amazon region a theological locus, a space where God himself reveals himself and summons his sons and daughters, unquote. This is unbelievable. But considering who's saying it, it's not really surprising. The Amazon region as a source of revelation for sacred theology, a so-called locus theologicus. This is textbook new theology garbage that the entire Vatican II church is contaminated with from top to bottom, especially in the Vatican. They claim to find theological sources of God's revelation in all the wrong places, like the lived experience of man, which then allows them to argue for the permissibility of adulterous unions and for the impermissibility of the death penalty, for example. And now they've discovered another one of those sources in all the created beings of the Amazon. Now, with that kind of a theology, you can see that anything is possible and apostasy is the necessary conclusion. There are two scripture passages that seem very fitting with regard to this whole Amazon circus. First, from chapter 1 of St. Paul's letter to the Romans, verses 22 to 25. It reads like a perfect description of Club Bergoglio. Quote, For professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the likeness of the image of a corruptible man, and of birds, and of four-footed beasts, and of creeping things. Wherefore, God gave them up to the desires of their heart unto uncleanness, to dishonor their own bodies among themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature, rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Unquote. And then there is one, uh, one quote from the first letter of St. John that I think is very fitting. It's from chapter 4. Verse 5, it explains France's popularity with all the wrong people. Quote, they are of the world, therefore of the world they speak, and the world heareth them. Unquote. More to come. Tratcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org 
And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.